Hello and welcome. You're listening to episode 17 of the Non Sequitur podcast. Today is August 2nd, and I am Luke Longnecker. To my right is Amy Williams. Across Melissa. And to the left, Kelly. Hey, what's up? Hey. All right, so we are going to be sticking with the outline from last time uh, with some slight updates. So uh, not at all the outline from last time. <laughs> it's basically the outline of last time. We're just we're revising it. It's still kind of a new a new modular thing here. We're just going to rearrange some pieces. The only thing that's the same is the fun science. Well, but we're going to do like two segments and then science and then a segment and questions. Okay. So. We've been doing this long enough to know that that was the structure. <laughs> I know. No. Well, like I said, it'll it'll solidify as we do more. All right, sounds good. Want to mention again, uh, anybody who might be listening from iTunes or anything, that we've got uh, a new Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash TNS podcast. So you can come like us, leave us feedback, uh, you know, comment. You can stay abreast on all of the latest updates. Um, just wanted to revisit some things from last week. Or the last episode, people wanted to know about the whole uh, magnetic hyperthermia and how the cells of the cancer actually retain or even acquire uh, the um, the nanoparticles, right? Anybody that followed it, it's a way to cure cancer. And so I managed to find a terrifying picture that is a man's prostate. What? Why are you showing me that? <laughs> uh, what is that? It looked like there was something in it. Yes, using a template and an 18-gauge <laughs> needle, the nanoparticle... Oh! <laughs> what? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> the nanoparticle suspension was injected transperennially into the prostate under sterile conditions, general anesthesia, and trust fluoroscopy <laughs> guidance. In the first page, at a prostate of 35 milliliters, a total of 12.5 milliliters of magnetic fluid was injected in 24 different depots covering the entire prostate. So, as so you can see in this big picture... big freaking needle. 24 of them into the oh. prostate. At the same time, or one needle 24 times? One needle 24 times. And so, Still, it's 18 gauge so, ah! dumping like black sludge into your nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, sort of. So people wanted to know more about how that turned out, and that's how it turns out. So, so it burned his prostate away. Is that no? Just the, the cancer cells in it. They they knew where okay. the tumor was, and okay. so they injected it into the. So tumor. this is actually better than conventional prostate cancer therapies, which yeah. generally yeah. involves surgery, which often has unpleasant side effects. <laughs> so yes. actually, yeah, I was talking to my coworkers about the magnetic hyperthermia. None of them could get. Nope, it was difficult explaining or getting them to understand. I should say the difference between hypothermia and hyperthermia. Yes, <laughs> not not very tech savvy. So you're freezing coworkers. them with magnets. That would be awesome too. Yeah, probably better than heating them. I don't know. The guy was awake. Patients are what? awake for this procedure. It's local anesthesia. What? Yes. Yeah, very unpleasant. <laughs> Amy, I have a quick question for you. So between last podcast and this, the guys that make the Pixel Junk games announced Pixel Junk Monsters Social. They have not announced a platform. It'll probably be Facebook. Are you interested in playing Pixel Junk Monsters on Facebook for free? Probably not. Really? You love that game. And you, I you love that Facebook. game, and I think that they would ruin it on Facebook if they put it on Facebook. Do you not trust them to make a good game? I trust them... To make good games for the platforms that they are using currently. I don't know that they... I've never done it on a computer, so I don't know if I would like how you control things on the computer. Because I, I played Lego on the computer, and I've played Lego on the PS3 and on the PSP. And I hate it on the computer. Okay. I hated Lego Universe, the um, beta that you got of it. I, I hated it. It 
the controls were weird. It, <clears throat> it didn't flow. It didn't work. And so I am skeptical of things. Can I entice you with the addition of seeds where you can plant your own trees and then build your own towers? Ooh. Or does that not actually matter? Um, possibly, because sometimes they cheat. Yeah. If you could build your own seeds, build your own trees, that could be quite amazing. Um, all right, so we are going to try to keep this to 60 minutes, if possible. Uh, we are going to go over the outline real quick. We're going to talk about some indie games that you guys might be interested in playing. We're going to talk about Netflix and the recent price hike. We're going to talk about the movies of 2011, what we've seen so far and what we're looking forward to. Talk about some fun science and then listener questions for anybody who got the text. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up. So we're going to shoot for 60 seconds at the end of this. Melissa and 60 I... 60 seconds? Oh, that'd be too fast. Yeah. I mean, 60 minutes. All right. I think I can handle it. At the very end, the last 27 minutes are going to be the live reporting that Melissa and I did last weekend in Idaho and Spokane. And what did you do in Idaho and Spokane? Roller coasters! Yeah. We went to Silverwood for our one-year anniversary, and it was awesome. I ate potentially 3,500 calories in one day. Uh, it was awesome. Melissa educates me on how to swim. I'm embarrassed by that. You used to do way more than that when you were. 18. I'm almost 30 years old. I don't care. <laughs> Dude, you used to be used to be able to go to the Mongolian Grill and pack away like four plates. That was kind of disgusting. That was like 6,000 calories right it, there. It might have been close to that. Sometimes it was very, very unhealthy. But now that I'm an old man, I need to watch what I eat. Um, so with that, we're gonna move on to the indie game spotlight. Each week or whatever, how often we do these, I will talk about some kind of indie game that is either free or cheap. Uh, in this case, this week, it's Wait, can we, for for those of our listeners who are not avid gamers, yeah. can we briefly define an indie game? An indie game is a game that's often made by just a handful of people, sometimes only one, and because it doesn't have any kind of major corporation that they have to answer to, they often have more creativity and cleverness than any big game does. So these are not like indie films. They're not corporately sponsored, not corporately backed. Yeah. It's two guys in a garage working for five years to make one game. Okay. And what platforms are we likely to see indie games on most frequently? Most often it'll be on the, on the PC. Okay. Uh, but often they're also ported to the Mac. We might do some, some cell phone, some you know I iOS or Android games. Um, but this week... So in general, most of our listeners will have access Everybody to these should games, be able to as opposed it. to like Xbox games and sure, things like that yeah. that may be more people, limited. People probably don't want to hear us talk about $60 games, but right. if a game is a dollar, they might be more interested to check it out. All right, carry on. So the one this week is the Humble Indie Bundle. Uh, it's actually Humble Indie Bundle number three. Uh, it's a really clever thing that a lot of those small independent developers get together. They bundle their games, and then they put them up online for a pay-whatever-you-want price. So literally, you could go there right now, pay one penny, and get all what five or six of these games for one cent. Uh, the the flip side is that they're also teamed up with a charity, two charities, and so you can uh, actually with sliders on the website decide how much money you want to go to each individual developer, or to the charities, or to nobody. You know, I guess you can just like let them decide where the money goes. Um, so it's really good. It's like I said, pay what you want. It's cross-platform, so someone on a Mac can play against someone on a PC or Linux as well. There's no DRM, so you don't have to worry about any kind of you know proprietary you know launchers or, or authentication systems. DRM is digital rights management. Okay, so, so I don't that, have to have a I don't have to use iTunes to launch nope. it. I can just you download it once, install it as if it was any other standalone program. Uh, the one that just came out is going to end in seven days from now, so six days by the time you listen to this. Uh, it has 
uh, a game called Crayon Physics Deluxe, which is a fun little physics game where you're drawing with your mouse, like you're, you're drawing physical things as if it was a crayon. A game called Cogs, which is a puzzle game with gears. VV VV VV, which is a crazy 2D platformer. Uh, think of Super Meat Boy or Mario if you've ever played. Is it that. not pronounced? I don't. I think it's six V's. VV VV VV. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know why. Something called Hammer Fight, which is a little hard to explain. It's like a 2D helicopter fighting game. And Wait, but no actual hammers? No. It's not two dudes with sledgehammers That's swinging what I at each other? It was. No. There's steampunk helicopters fighting each other. It's not okay. MC right, Hammer right. breakdancing to the groove and fighting ninjas. That would actually be kind of awesome. Right. And then a game called And Yet It Moves, which I think Kelly owns. Uh, is that a 2D game where you could rotate the gravity? I do own it. I have never played it, though. Awesome. And so, what charities are we supporting this time around? Uh, ch uh, Child's Play, which gets games to kids who are terminally ill in hospitals. You know, so screw that. I've seen that movie. It ends badly. <laughs> and something called the Electronic Frontier Foundation, I think, which is like a, a video game adv advocacy group for politics. Oh, all right. Um, so... Anyway, you can go on hundred, hundred. Uh, it's just humblebundle. I think dot com. Uh, check it out. It's free potentially if you want to pay one penny. Um, and I think you can do uh, both PayPal and Amazon checkout. So anyway, go check out those games. All right, Melissa, let's talk about some Netflix. Yeah. So talking about Netflix, um, I'm assuming all of you know what we're talking about because it seems like everybody has. Netflix these days, but you should have gotten an email, those of you Netflix subscribers, telling you that your Netflix is going to cost more in starting this month. So many of you who were paying 10 bucks for your streaming and one disc package will now be paying $16, for your streaming package and $8 for your disc package. Are we all Netflix users here? Yeah. Well, I, I <clears throat> pirate my mom's account because <laughs> I'm too cheap to pay for it myself. It's eight dollars. Yeah. Or sixteen. That's a lot of money when you're poor. When you're making full time wages. <laughs> Still well under the poverty line though. Thank you very much. And Amy, Netflix fan? Yes. Yeah. Are you more interested in the discs or the streaming? If you had to choose. We don't get discs. We just do streaming. You're only streaming. So this yes. price hike is actually a two dollar savings for you. Yeah, or... I, there was a time where we thought about doing discs because there are some movies that we've wanted to watch that aren't streaming at this point, and so thought about it, but I'm the one that's paying for it, and so working retail, not a full-time job, I'm paying for this, so I was like, I don't really want to do that, if you know, because I share it with my parents, if they wanted to do the discs then it would be, okay, I, I don't want to pay for the discs, and so they'd have to pay me for that part of it, but we're just not going there. Sure. I mean, Netflix is growing crazy fast, right? I mean, we just saw a report, I think, in May that said that uh, Netflix streaming accounts for something like 30% of all internet traffic. Like The entirety of the pipe is just Netflix streaming. And you got to keep in mind, this, this service is really only available in North America. So, you know, we are sucking up a third of the internet um, during peak time. Our neighbors are the worst. Yeah, <laughs> seriously making some noise now. Yeah. And so as they've grown, I mean, they have an 88% profit boost in the first quarter of the year. Uh, they are they are growing rapidly. They are picking up new content. They are picking up new customers. Uh, but many of them are upset, right? This whole thing has made a lot of people mad because $6 price hike apparently is, is too much to ask. 
Um, many people are saying that they're going to quit one of the two sides of the package, either streaming or discs. Um, well, if they had slowly increased versus it's like a 60% yeah. price increase, that's why people, everyone's freaking out. If they had slowly increased the price. And we wouldn't have even noticed. Yeah. It, no one would have noticed. Well, some I think, people would have been less. I think Netflix's people are smart enough to know, though, that, you know, there's really nowhere else to go anymore. It, it for most people, anyways. To, to I mean, Redbox only has the very most yeah, current yeah. movies, so you're yeah. not going to be able to get. So I mean, Netflix. Releases. Netflix has pretty much destroyed the competition, and they're very close to being a monopoly. So you know, they know people are going to want their service, no matter how you know much they're charging. I well, think they've got people hooked now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot they, of these people that complain people are are, are going to keep. Paying. Yeah, they'll complain, but yeah. they'll still send their checks. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think they knew that too. They, you know, they probably ran the numbers, the risk assessments, and saw that it was likely they'd lose some people, but enough people are addicted enough to their movies that they're gonna keep paying that money to get the service. So. And and I mean, all indications are that Netflix wants to go to a streaming only format at some time down the line, right? Their company is called Netflix. <clears throat> Uh, it only cost them about 20 cents to host the bandwidth for a streaming film, whereas it cost about a buck to deal with buying the movie, shipping the movie, replacing them when they break. Um, so, you know, per, it's, it's five times. Per time, person that they send it to? Per movie. Like, if you go on a per movie basis, it's five times as much, a dollar versus 20 cents, to deal with handling discs and shipping them as opposed to just pushing them out digitally. Um, so, the future it is probably just streaming only. And I think this move is kind of a step in that direction. Sure, but I mean, we do not live in a country with the kind of infrastructure required to go to an exclusively streaming. Yeah, and there's still enough people who just don't have computers. Or but do those people really care about watching lots of movies? I mean, if you're a farmer in Nebraska that doesn't have broadband, you're probably too busy taking care of your ranch to, you know. <laughs> Except Maybe, that, I I, know. I, well, I mean, clearly you. <laughs> You're the one with the, the research on this one, and um, you didn't look that one up. So I, I would hesitate to, to make that stereotype, to make that generalization. I suspect that a lot of people are watching movies on disc on a regular basis because it's an, it's an easy, it's a relatively cheap form of entertainment. The movie comes to you. You're not having, I mean, if you are that rural farmer, you know, 20 miles from everywhere, you don't have to drive. 40 miles round trip to go to the movies, it comes in your mailbox, you get to watch it on your flat screen. Even when you're, you know, satellite dishes down, you can watch your movie on your DVD player sure. and um, enjoy that. I mean, I, I use Netflix uh, in my classroom. I can't always get a hold of films that I want to show, documentaries and stuff that I want to show, and I I've streamed them in class, um, but there there's no guarantee that streaming is going to work on any given day on our school network. Um, for showing a film, so I prefer to have it on disc for that kind of situation because then I have a guaranteed, you know, hard copy of this thing is going to work for my lesson plan. We've been using the um, word movie a lot lately. Do you guys watch mostly movie or is, it, or is it mostly TV? If you were to like just look at hours watched. I gotta say, Melissa, you watch way more TV than I do. Most. I watch way more TV. Well, it's in shorter chunks. Exclusively, right? I mean, you've really never watched a movie apart from school? Sure have. Have you? Okay. Yeah. Every once in a while, but the, I mean, the thing that draws me to the TV shows is that they're 43 minutes long rather than two hours and 43 minutes long. So if I just want a quick break, um, you know, just to veg out and whatever, I, I don't have to commit to 
staying awake for three hours for a movie. Amy, movies or, or, or TV? What do you watch? Mostly we watch TV. Again, for the fact that they are much shorter chunks and you can get up and go do something else, you know, during, you know, when in the break between them. But also it's harder. It feels like it's harder to find movies that we want to watch on streaming because a lot of the more current movies are not there yet. Yeah. So that is the biggest frustration is that when it comes out on DVD, it doesn't always come into streaming. And even if Netflix, once Netflix acquires it, it doesn't mean that they're going to put it onto streaming. They may just be doing discs exclusively, which means that well, we don't get it. And so... Yeah, I've had that experience. I've searched for a movie. I wanted to watch The the Tourist a few a couple months ago, probably. Johnny Depp. Movie. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, I... I so I was like, I'll just see if it's on Netflix today because it was an afternoon and I was home alone and I was like, oh, this sounds like fun. So I go and I search for it on Netflix and it's like, oh yeah, we know what this movie is, but we don't have it for you, sorry. I mean, that's one of the big trade-offs of Netflix streaming versus disc is the whole idea of selection, right? From what I read, they've got, if you just count all pieces of content, you know, the, the TV shows, the, the movies, all that stuff, they have about 20,000 different offerings on streaming and about 120,000 on physical discs. <clears throat> so it's, it's a six to one ratio of content. Um, so is it, is it worth it to sacrifice that large catalog to have instantly on your, you know, TV coverage, or is it better to do like a two day, three day mail back and forth? Um, I mean, do you guys watch TV and, and movies impulsively or do you kind of strategize and it's impulsive, at least at our house, it tends to be impulsive. It's, you know, mom wants to go work on a project, and so she'll go upstairs on one computer and watch, um, you know, a TV show while she's working on a project, and we'll be downstairs watching something live on TV, or a disc that we already own, you know, or flipping through, there's nothing good on, the only thing to watch is the do-it-yourself channel, which <laughs> we've kind of started to get sick of. And so, well, let's see what's on Netflix. It, it's it's that kind of what thing. What is the do-it-yourself channel? A lot of home improvement programming a lot that of the involves, the, involves the homeowner in the project. Ah, all right. So, yeah. Like retiling the garage. So something I would never, ever, ever watch. Probably not. Yeah. Probably yeah. not. All right. um, <laughs> but that kind of, you know, it's... You know, it, in our house, at least Netflix has become, you know, the, there's the TV and then it's just another, it's kind of like another channel in yeah. some ways is what yeah. it's become is that it's. And it's a channel of things you want. I mean, yeah. that, that's the beauty of it. It's an all instant access, all my favorite shows, um, streaming right to me. I mean, for me, I think it's kind of funny. Melissa and I almost couldn't be more different. When I had Netflix before we got married, it only was movies, only ever movies. And I think. Most of it is probably like 90% TV to movie ratio when she's watching on her own. So we we almost have the exact opposite. I, I don't think I've ever wanted to really watch any of the TV that's on there, except maybe like Top Gear every once in a while. Um, we watched a little bit of Office, The Office for a while. Um, but for me, I actually like Netflix for the movies. And so I'm inclined to just keep our, our disc-based thing for, for films because I actually think the, the quality of the video you get on disc is worth it compared to the streaming convenience. Uh, but most people aren't like me. Most people don't have a 60-inch well, TV, and most people can't tell the difference. And you, I mean, you will only get a movie through Netflix if it comes on Blu-ray. Yes. You won't even accept a film if it comes on DVD. So your catalog's pretty darn small. It is true. To choose from. But I mean, it's most of the modern stuff now is, I mean, I can't think of any modern film that doesn't come out on Blu-ray. Um, but 
I mean, even Rubber came out on Blu-ray. Heck yeah. Um, but I mean, I just, I am, I am kind of a video snob and I, I, I'm probably going to resist the digital, you know, streaming movement as long as I possibly can. I want my discs. Plus, I like all the special features and other kinds of commentary you get on, on disc instead of streaming. Although you they... don't get all that stuff with Netflix. That's one because thing that I have them, noticed, that all. you don't get the full... But streaming um, is zero. That's true. So, I mean... And once they start trying to push the digital formats like they are with iTunes and what have you, then your actual ownership of the... You're leasing the, content yeah, you're, instead yeah, of... Instead although, of I think technically on a physical media, you are still only getting a, a, a license to, to view. Still, um, you own it, and if you wanted to rip it, you know, you don't have any yes, problems yes. doing that, you know? Um, just, you know, don't don't let the RIA or the, you know, MPAA or any of those people find out. Yeah. Um, so one of the interesting knock-on effects from this whole Netflix thing is the, the postage surface. Uh, apparently is already just bleeding money left and right. I looked it up. Apparently they lost $2.2 billion last quarter in just three months. Oh, uh, the United States Postal Service is tanking. It, it will be shut down inevitably. There's, there's no way around it at this point. So it's, it's all privatized. It'll be probably like UPS shortly. FedEx. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I mean, the tragedy is that there's always going to be a need for UPS or uh, USPS. Um, so the balance. Yeah, stuff like that. Balance, and there are places in the country that UPS and FedEx won't go. Yeah. Like Alaska, parts of Alaska. I did not know that. But so they're already losing money hand over fist, and Netflix does about $600 million of postage with them each year, uh, shipping those little red envelopes to and fro. So if they were to eventually cancel or step back this program, or if people don't want to pay 60% extra, uh, they could see their their negative values grow. which would only solidify their death faster. Um, I mean, I, I think it's inevitable. I think we just saw it with borders being closed down the other day, that this digital media delivery system is fast replacing physical media. Uh, people would rather read on their Kindle than, uh, you know, read books. <laughs> Dude, what? You just flicked my hand. You're flicking the stand. I wasn't touching it. I was going like that. Right, I hadn't enough. touched it. That, that was preemptive. That fucking hurt. <laughs> Whatever it came up on the on the mic. All right, we we should move off this and move to Kelly's topic, the films. Of oh 2011. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm kind of actually interested by your list that you made here. Um, I but we're actually not seen. that. We're only like two thirds of the way through the I know. year. So. so, Luke, why are we doing movies of 2011 in July? Because most of the good ones have come out. It's August. It's the end of summer movie season. Okay, it's August, but there I I am counting. There are at least three movies on your short list of upcoming films that I actually want to see, and another that I'll probably end up having to see, or possibly two. So, I mean, how, how can you say that all the good movies have already come out? We haven't even hit, like, major award season movies. Yeah, or the any... remake of Footloose has not been released yeah. yet. So... The Steampunk Three Musketeers. Yeah, I didn't know that existed. Oh my gosh, wait, seriously? Yes? Okay, yeah, Ooh. see, why are we doing this in August? <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't... Also, Stephen Moffat's movie. <clears throat> I did not list this as the 2011 year in review. We'll call this the, the mid the mid year mid year review mid year review. All right. All right. Well, okay. Well, okay. You've got a list of disappointments here first, and I'm actually I find it kind of entertaining. I know Melissa didn't like Bridesmaids. I did not. Why not? Uh, it was way raunchier than I expected going in. Okay. I think I was expecting a much more conventional chick flick sort of a movie. Okay. And I knew it was a little bit raw around the edges, but I just, I hadn't, I'd, I'd read one review of it before I went, 
my mother-in-law really wanted to go see a movie. She thought it sounded cute. So you I was went, like, you went okay. with Luke's mom. I did. Oh, oh yes. So, okay. So she hated it. I bet she did. Isn't there a part in the movie <laughs> with like public diarrhea? Well, you don't see it at all. Okay. Still though. Okay. But okay. You, I mean, I find that interesting because you're pretty much the only girl I've talked to who didn't think it was like the greatest. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes score is like 90%. Yeah. yeah. I know. Women, women are loving this movie because all the guys always get their raunchy films, you know, and you know, we have Hangover and what have you. And I, well, it's just ridiculous. But, and this is like one of the first times that we've really gotten a good chick flick. That's just ridiculous. And I don't, care for yeah and and that's uh, yeah i understand that, it's but. i mean it's t- it's totally a personal thing i and uh, to be honest i thought that the story had such great promise in terms of of a realistic ending for as wackadoo as the movie was um and it didn't fulfill mm. on the ending and i was as much disappointed by that as by the, the rest of it the okay. rest of it yeah um, did you see battle la i did what'd you think of it I liked it. Really? So yeah. that should not be in the disappointments category? No. Even though the, everyone thought, else in the movie yeah, everyone else thought it Everybody terrible. thought it was stupid. Okay, it I didn't hard, like yeah. What's-Her-Face, because she's... Michelle uh, Rodriguez? Yes. What, really? <laughs> no, <laughs> I just I hate her, too. No, I just dislike her very much. I, mean, I, I didn't even know she was in the film. Yeah. No, I think she's a dis... I, I liked the movie. I, I thought it was kind of clever, and it, I, I was a little disappointed. I thought that the machines were being built out of our buildings. Spoilers, right? Yeah, all right, spoilers. <laughs> Which they weren't. They were actually coming in from outer space. But anyways, um, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, okay, next, Tree of Life. Melissa Go. and I saw this. It was kind of an indie film, I guess you could say. Kind of. I don't even know if you can call it a film. I think avant-garde would be the, the description. I think, I think project film. would be better than film. <laughs> An avant-garde film project. You want to give your, your mini-review? Your um, one sentence? Um... <laughs> So Brad Pitt was in the movie, and we watched the Earth cool. There were dinosaurs, and then Sean Penn stared at some buildings. Mm-hmm. That's basically what happens in this film. I, I mean, if you can call it a film. Well, the thing is this: is this the kind of movie that like emo turds go to? And oh, it's and they, so I, hipster. And then, and then they afterwards, they're like, yeah, hipster. Brats, I had a they, moment. Yeah. While I was watching the the sunflower sequence, mm-hmm. as I was watching the sunflower sequence, I was thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh, if I was in college, all of my pretentious." Classmates, some really have many pretentious friends, thank goodness, but all my pretentious classmates would, you know, be talking about how deep and meaningful it was. Using words like postmodern. Oh, probably not. Probably even worse, like pretentious crap about it. And I was thinking, (laughs) you know, I'm just not pretentious enough to enjoy this movie. I can't, I can't see the deeper meaning. I can't enjoy the underlying layers peeled back like an onion and unpack the the great soulful narrative that lies beneath the currents or whatever um <laughs> dinosaurs I, right? I i just i want a movie with a story that starts introduces characters with names never once is the name of a character mentioned in the whole film. i want a story with characters who have names they do stuff it gets exciting for a while and then there's some kind of resolution of at least one of the burning questions that's all I'm asking for. And this movie had none of that. So, so standard Arial 10-point font on a piece of paper. Do you think the entirety of the dialogue in the film could be fit on one front and back page? No. You don't think so? No. I think it could. Almost nothing was said. Almost. I, the only film that comes close to this is the old Lamar film with Steve McQueen. Sure, <laughs> but the way that film scripts are written, I happen to no, know. Not, not like the, the, the framing of someone turns and walks to the room. I mean spoken word yes and the way that film scripts are written i still don't think it would fit okay 
Mm. It, it was so minimal. It Probably was, like five pages. It was only it was only voiceover essentially. I mean, there was some arguments. Okay, so for I mean, if five pages is insane because a typical movie script, a good like hour and a half. Hour forty five minutes. That's about ninety to hundred pages. Oh, yeah. the the script. I yeah. guarantee you the script was longer than that. We're just talking spoken dialogue. Right, right. But that, that I mean that includes almost mostly dialogue. almost no dialogue. Yeah. But I mean um, this film is mostly camera sweeps and uh, you know Dinosaurs. angles and action and Sean Penn, Sean Penn strength building. Did Sean Penn speak? Was he even in? Yes. There's a cell phone conversation. Okay. Yeah. He's an, is he in the trailer? Yeah, he okay. is. All I remember is Brad Pitt being creepy with some boys and <laughs> a planet doing something. Yes. Yeah. Planet-y. So I don't know why we spent so much time on disappointments. Right. Um, okay. Melissa has one well, more. Yeah, my disappointment is I have not enjoyed a movie in the theater this year. Why is that? Uh, well, for the most part, with the exception of Tree of Life, which I didn't like because I didn't enjoy the movie, uh, for the most part, every movie I've been to all year long has been way too loud. Way too loud. Way too loud. Super 8 was painful. Super 8 was painful. I spent most of the movie with my hands over my ears. Uh, Harry Potter, I, I went ahead and just bit the bullet and wore earplugs. I probably didn't need them for the whole film, but it was easier to just leave them in rather than take them out, put them in, take them out, put them in. Uh, I just... Nothing has been enjoyable in the theaters because the volume is so stinking loud. The trailers are so loud that I... I I can't even think, and I know I'm sensitive, and I tend to turn the volume on things way too low for most people's taste. I get that, but I I don't understand it. I don't understand why the theaters are being pushed, because it's it, it ruins the sound quality. It ruins the mix. I mean, the speakers in the theaters aren't really good enough to handle the volume that's being pumped through them. The volume in the neighboring theater is so freaking loud that when we went to see The Lord of the Rings Extended Edition in the theater, I could hear Transformers or whatever it was playing next door yeah. through the wall of the theater during my quiet, delicate elf moments of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> elf I, Whatever. I, I just... Uh, Sorry. See, I'm, I feel the opposite rant. about it right now because I'm pretty, like, no joke, think I'm suffering some serious hearing loss. Oh, no. Up to, like, maybe, like, 20 or 30%, so. You know that you always <laughs> have earbuds in your ear. I- I'm surprised well, they're not dangling from your neck right now. They're in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's not healthy. It really isn't. Probably not. But I, I have a mighty need to listen to my audiobooks at all times. All right. So I literally can't do, like, dishes or laundry or mow the lawn without something entertaining me because it drives me insane doing those menial tasks so you are a product of our generation yes i am you need constant stimulus i am suffering (laughs) let's maybe skip over the comic stuff because that's dumb nobody likes green heart green lantern x-men captain america or thor well, you like X-Men. I liked X-Men. We'll talk about that later in the favorites. But nobody likes the rest of that. How about the blockbusters of And if you people listening liked it, you can just keep listening, because we don't want to lose you. We love you. Um, <laughs> the blockbusters. Right. Blockbusters. All, fast. all of these sequels. Yeah, see, okay. Here, I got a list that I got. Thank you, Wikipedia, again. Um, so these are the top ten grossing films of 2011 so far. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Harry Potter, 7.2-ish. Transformers, whatever the hell that was, Kung Fu, Panda 2, Hangover 2, Fast 5, Rio. What is Rio? It's an animated film about birds having sex. It was really good. 
Okay. <laughs> Thor. Why Thor? Okay. Cars 2 and X-Men. So, okay. I have some interesting facts about the list I just wrote you. Four of these ten titles have the number two in them. Sequels. Yep. Eight of them are sequels. Of some number. Of some sort. Actually, you know, I kind of count Thor as a sequel, too, because it's just another one of those <laughs> another, another Marvel Marvel movies. So, so everything we're counting but Rio. nine. Everything but Rio, which is about birds humping, apparently. Yes. Um, it really was. Yeah. Uh, apparently, yeah, that's all I've got to say about that. So right. we don't have Carly here, so Fast Five is out, because I don't think any of us saw it. Yeah, screw that. Yeah. Well, Who cares about Paul Walker? Super 8. Loved it. Oh. It did pretty well, apparently, according to the I numbers. I saw it twice, and I loved it both times. So. Did you? Was it loud I loved both it times? despite the extreme volume. Yes, I like it. All right, we'll, we'll catch that later. Pirates of the Caribbean 4. I don't pay money to see it. I didn't I didn't see it at all. Don't pay money to see it. Transformers 3, am I the only one? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I didn't see that either. Don't see it. I, you... I refused to see a movie where the leading lady was hired just because she has a nice ass. You get to see that. I'll movie. bet you do. Opening scene of the movie is close-up of her butt going upstairs. I almost guarantee you they didn't even bother to see if she could act. They're she's just like, better than okay, Megan Fox. She looks good. <laughs> That's the irony She of looks it. good in a bathing suit. She's hired. Yeah, Transformers 3, if you like Michael Bay films, see it. If you don't, don't. Michael Bay can suck it. That's right. Cars 2. Don't I liked it. it. I liked it. I heard people didn't like it. Most people wouldn't. I, I think you have to be a really hardcore car nerd to appreciate it. It was okay. super car nerdy. Wow. I, okay. Yeah. I, every car in the film, every car is a real car. Like you can identify, like I'm looking at it and like that's Datsun 240Z. That's it, you know, like all, all of them right. are identifiable. And the fact that there was a Datsun 240Z in the film? From like early 70s. Tells you just how <laughs> nerdy this film got. All right. I mean, Cars 2, I, I talked to a number of parents who took their little kids to it. And the kids loved it. The parents, meh, they didn't all love it. But the kids just loved it. Well, they like they, Mater. You know? They love Mater, Mater and they love, I love Mater. Queen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of these kids, they loved the first movie. So it was just more Cars. So I think that's where... Cars 2. Mater is the tow truck for those of you who... Everybody knows that. Come do on. they, though? Everybody. Even the There foreigners. are two or three people who no. appreciate the fact that I... No. Those of you that. listening outside the United States. <laughs> the foreigners. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Cars 2 is great. It had a Formula 1 car and Lewis Hamilton in it. He and they were not but the same car. But he wasn't a Formula 1 car. What no. He was a McLaren MP4-12C. Okay. Forgiven. Yep. Um, <laughs> Harry Potter. With an adorable little gap in his teeth. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> modeled his gap. It was so perfect. Okay, uh, and then Harry Potter. Um, Harry Potter, which yay. apparently did fairly well, according to you know, it's uh, second place on that list right now, and I, it's still in it's theaters. It's still in though, theaters, so I guarantee it's going to. I, I gave Pirates. so the stats I have say that worldwide total is what twenty one point twenty four million off billion, yeah, um, one point so zero zero eight. It'll it'll quickly overtake and be the, the best grossing movie of the year. So let's talk about our favorites because my personal favorite film. Let's see, where is it on this list? Uh, ranked 28, only brought in $123 million. That was Source Code uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal and that one girl from Mission Impossible 3. Um, uh, Michelle Moynihan. Yes. That's her name. I, I love that film. Kelly and I went to go see it, and it was a really small run. Most theaters didn't carry it, and most theaters that did only had it for like a month or so. Yeah. But all of the word of mouth just kept driving. I mean, a lot of theaters still have it. Even they though it's do, out yeah. on DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah, it's, it's big in uh, independently owned theaters right now. But it's just word of mouth. I mean, Kelly and I walked out of there and was just talking to everybody like, you got to go see this film. And most people hadn't even seen trailers for it. Yeah. It's about a, a terrorist attack in Chicago and time travel. Yep. 
That's pretty much all you need to know without spoilers. It's really and I'm good. already more and interested got, than Tree of Life. It, and it's got a bit it, It's a like great, Groundhog's Day meets... Wait, who, what, what else? Wait, don't this, ruin it. Right, but I mean, it's got a great twist that you, I didn't see coming at all. Yeah. And I was completely convinced of one thing, and no. I, I saw the same trailer for this movie maybe two dozen times before you guys went to go see it, so I don't oh, know how... People weren't seeing the trailer. I think it was on USA a million times. Yeah, it might have been paid for like certain USA's. is a terrible channel. Nobody watches it. But it might have just been on certain networks um, that we missed. But so that Except was for, <laughs> everybody in this room. That was my favorite film of the year, followed closely by X Men because it is primarily a Magneto story, Which, and, and he yeah. messes some fools up hard, real, real, real hard, real, real hard, real hard. Does he give them uh, anemia? He he has a run in with some former Nazis, oh. and it does not go well for them. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> as you can imagine, yeah. being a former being concentration camp Yeah, because so. he was a little boy in World War II. So, Kelly, what about you? What was your favorite film of the year? Probably, I feel like I missed a movie somewhere, but I really liked Sucker Punch. What? Yeah. yeah. That movie was terrible. It was awesome. I, I, I didn't see it. But that movie you was terrible. You didn't see it. <laughs> okay, you, have, you can't judge. Cause it, All right, okay, let's, this see, movie let's see was, what dollar value it had. What does it matter? Right below source code. Well, that's 37th, actually. 37th on the list in terms of so position. About so, about 33 million. So, 89.8 Yeah, so, but I mean, okay. Million. The thing that was great about this movie is nobody really understood what the hell it was about going in. That's a good thing? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, you, you, you'll have expectations, but you're not entirely sure what those expectations are. Okay. And I thought it was, it was really stylish. It had a really original story, and it didn't end all popsicles and, and you know... Happy bears flying through the sky with. They should make a. That would have been a weird. Yeah, they need to make no, a okay, bear film. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. That was but the it was it was it was a really dark story, but it was also really, you know, there were dragons and zombie Nazis and a giant samurai statue with a Gatling gun, which, <laughs> and then really hot girls with machine guns and samurai swords. So, it, and and. And you almost felt it was appropriate for them to be dressed <laughs> like that, just in the context of the story. And because this girl, it's basically about this girl having this serious mind trip while she's in an asylum. And, and the, oh, and the soundtrack is really good, too. Good. So, yeah, I really liked it. I, I mean, I love my, me some Harry Potter, but it'll never, ever live up to the books. So, yeah. Speaking of Harry Potter, Amy, your favorite film? That's because I only saw three of them in theater. What are the other two? Uh, Cars 2 and Super 8. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. I saw those with you. Yes. <laughs> um, I, you paid for one of them. Awesome. <laughs> mm. But most of the movies that, I'm, that I want to see and most of the time that I watch movies is... Thanksgiving, Christmas Thanksgiving time. and Christmas. Yeah. That's when we usually go to the, to the movies. And so I don't usually watch any of the summer blockbusters. And I really did like Harry Potter. I was a little disappointed at the end... But it had the right tone. Wait, this pen, it follows the book, right? It does follow the book for the most part. It's one of those things where I kind of want them to make an extended edition and pick up all of the parts they left on the cutting room floor and put them okay. back in the movie to make it longer and to fill in some of those parts that they did skip. Is there any indication they ran that they out might of time. for any of the I don't, I don't think so. Uh, it's too late for that. Probably um, not, yeah. But, uh... I mean, they might want to go back and make, like, the... 12 disc uber edition with uncut blah 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 and unrated more hermione more hermione her, porn in her short shorts yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever Guaranteed. i feel really dirty saying <laughs> yeah she's like she's 21 now she's like 
Is she? That's yeah. still not okay. I All think right. it is. Melissa. <laughs> Super 8. I, I liked it. Goonies 2. It was, which is why I liked it. I, I mean, I've heard the reviews, whatever, people complaining about the ending, blah, blah, blah. I just enjoyed the whole thing from beginning to end. It was a kid adventure movie with crazy stuff happening and just enough steady cam to make it scary, but not so much that I was nauseous. And it it was like appropriate kid adventure movie too. Sometimes I mean one of the things about Harry Potter is it, it it's it's fantasy, so it works that you've got these kids on this like crazy epic mission with wands and they're, they're killing know, people killing people and all that stuff. I, I I get that in the fantasy genre. I'm a big fantasy nerd, so I'm on board. But there is something about this this kid adventure genre that we don't see much of anymore. E.T. and The Goonies and some of those movies from the 80s where, where it was kids having crazy epic adventures, but in a totally kid kind of a way from a kid's perspective. They weren't killing people. They weren't picking up guns and shooting people. They were, you know, like running away terrified as children should yeah. and would and you know they they all really want to get you know they need their dad's help and it's you know i gotta get back to where my dad is so he can help me fight the monster or whatever um and, and i like that i i just i enjoy it and it was fun and did we ever figure out where that girl in the film had acted before that was driving me crazy she's dakota fanning's thing. sister really yeah. I did not know that. That's Dakota Fanning's sister. But I swear, okay, I, I know. She has been in something sister. else. Is yes. she for sure? Older yes. or she younger than... She and Dakota have been <clears throat> little sister. Little uh, sister? It's got to be little, yeah. Uh, I, I haven't seen Dakota for a while. she's taller than Dakota. In my mind, Dakota, Dakota's still like 10. Yeah, so. I don't know. I bet she's... What, like Dakota graduated from high school this year. What? what? She 18 now? Weird. Creepy. And all the creepy old guys. Like, woo, she's leaving. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna look that up. Mm, all right, Kel. Yeah. Stop it. Next. Be less creepy. Okay, what's next? Where are we? Movies. Uh, upcoming movies. Yay. So, like I said, Footloose, they're getting a sequel or a remake. Okay, stop. I kind of want to see it. What? Do you? Seriously? I kind of... It's a dancing I love, film. Well, see, I, I love dance movies. I, I love dance movies. Okay. I watched... One of the most recent Netflix movies I've sat down and watched by myself was, in fact, Center Stage, the nice. ballet movie with Ilya Kulik, uh, Olympic gold medalist. Wait, what's the one with Julie Stiles? Uh, that would be Save the Last Dance, Okay, which I've also seen. Is that ballet? Uh, she does ballet, but then she learns hip-hop to get more of an edge to get into like whatever awesome dance program she's doing. Juilliard, I think. Yeah, she needs like an edge. I want to vomit right so. now. It's just this, the whole premise. Anyways, <laughs> yes, yes. the whole premise. Uh, and, you know, every time I hear the Footloose song that... Footloose! Yeah, stop. <laughs> it, I want to punch the nearest hobo I see because Wait, it just makes me violent. I hate Aww. it. Well, okay. Well, All right, okay. so what do, you, what do you want to see? Okay, I'm a little bit excited. Okay. I'm There's I, one I got on some here serious, that's got you written all over it. I've got some serious apprehension about the prequel to the thing which is okay. coming out later this year it's is it a carpenter book carpenter film but i mean the is it like the thing was a carpenter book is no. prequel to the thing no it wasn't the, Car uh stephen carpenter's the thing was based on a film called uh who's something like who's there or okay something like that which was based on a novel 
It was written in like the 40s or something. Okay. I don't know. It was, it was, it's quite an old story, actually. But it's. Uh, My brother's sister's mother's sister's son. Yeah, but in, in, okay, in, in the movie The Thing, there's, it starts with um, the, the, the action starts with this helicopter that's chasing a dog, trying to shoot the dog up in Antarctica. And the helicopter crashes, then two Norwegian guys in the helicopter die, and the dog gets to the American camp up in or down in Antarctica and you know then crazy crap happens because dog ain't a dog and uh, of course. <clears throat> I'm not even gonna bother trying to avoid spoilers for that one because that movie is almost as old or actually I think it is older than me so um, <clears throat> but yeah so the prequel is the story about this Norwegian camp I think they were Norwegian maybe they were Russian anyways um, same thing right same difference <laughs> <laughs> Apologize. Northern Icish people. Icish people, um, and you know now you know they brought in hot girls to act some parts and and Sounds young terrible. people, which I object to. But don't like young people. I just don't think young people are, you, are, are you appropriate. Ageist? Yes, I think don't, I don't think young attractive people are appropriate for this film. If you saw the first one, it was all men. They were all grizzled old grizzled old scientists. Scientists. Kelly likes movies full of grizzled old men. Yeah, they are. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, they were, they had beards and flamethrowers and they were, you know, at each other's throats because they were afraid that, you know, somebody's the thing, blah. And I just, I don't know. But I, I mean, if they do this movie right, it could be pretty badass because I, I think The Thing may be in my top five films of all time. I love that movie. So I'm really excited about it. So moving on, uh, upcoming Cowboys. What is that? Cowboys, Cowboys versus Aliens. Oh, yeah. Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens. Va- versus right. Aliens. I thought, it was supposed to be like, I thought it was supposed to be like Cowboys and Indians. No, but Cowboys, Cowboys and Aliens. versus Aliens. I, the whole thing is stupid, even It the sounds name, amazing, and you're going to go see it with me. I will not see that film. Yep, uh, Apollo 18. If the, if the Aliens don't win, it's a bad film. Anyways, Apollo 18, which I saw Luke sent the trailer. It actually looks kind of cool. Terrifying. Yeah. It looks really scary. So. Bad things on the moon. Yeah, so basically the... The Russians got there. Basically, it, the idea is that the reason we went to the moon in the first place is because, you know monsters and aliens and stuff so oh they were talking to and one it's kind of professors yeah yeah so Wait, what do you mean like he's in the movie no no <laughs> i had a professor in community college who believed that there were aliens on the moon oh yes community oh, college yes, professors great <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's basic it's kind of like uh what was that horror blair witch project on the moon sort of awesome sort of kind of um Not anyways awesome. Luke's excited about this one, Mission Impossible 4. Yes, yes, yes. It's been too long since I've gotten to watch uh, Tom Cruise act. Um, I need more Tom Cruise in my life. Wasn't he in a movie last summer? Night and Day. One of my favorite films. The first five minutes. too long. That movie was stupid. The first five minutes on the plane are amazing. (laughs) Okay, that part was good. The rest of it sucked. But yeah, Mission Impossible 4. And what is Moneyball? Baseball movie. Yeah. With Don't Want to See It. Brad Pitt. So you'll definitely not want to see it. No. Why, why, Why don't I like Brad Pitt? Didn't you say? Someone said. No, someone else. Never mind. I like Brad Pitt. He was in Fight Club, which makes okay. me happy. Um, and also 12 Monkeys. Oh, that movie. All right. Um, <laughs> Apes of the Planet. Of the Rise thing. Of. Of the Rise Of. I don't really care about this. I, I, for the exact so same reasons that Melissa doesn't want to see. How, how, can, how can all of the forces of the law enforcement and military not put down 80 apes? Come on. Because they Dude, become sentient. They don't have guns. Yeah, but they're super strong, bro. Bullets still shoot yeah. strong people. They have they don't gas have for- grenades. They don't have force fields. Flares. <laughs> <laughs> so only 80 apes? Is that... It looked like it. I mean, it's okay. all, it's a test facility. How many can they possibly I, I feel have? like maybe it's Self-replication, like, Luke. Self-re- they don't know. They're not clones. <laughs> but maybe they've got some kind of virus that's spreading to all the monkeys of the world. 
But they're in New York. Yeah. But New York is New York is the dirty. center. I mean, have you never watched a movie before? If New it happens York, in New York, it affects the entire what planet. What is it with apes right. in New York? I mean, King Kong, come on. Come on. He didn't want to go to New York. He just wanted That's to That's true. Hot. He didn't he want to go to New York. And these guys want to get out, too, apparently. Yeah. So. Uh, what's Senna? A movie that we're going to see next this month about, about the best F1 driver of all time. Oh, yeah, okay. It's all a documentary. Right. It's going to be Sweet. amazing. Um, then, Muppets. What is the Muppets doing The, the Muppets are having a new movie. <gasps> What's it about? Um, Muppets. Muppets. Just Muppets. I, I don't know. Kermit the Frog I mean, and Miss Piggy. I know they're singing. Is uh, and the girl, the the woman from Glee is in it. The the beautiful redhead. Uh, okay, I like redhead. And the Swedish Chef is there for me. And the Swedish <gasps> Chef is in it. Exactly. So if you like Muppets, okay. you should go see that. Thanksgiving. Thing. It's our Thanksgiving. As long movie. as uh, what is his name? Hefe or Louis the uh, King Prawn? I love that guy. What? You sure you're thinking of the right thing? Yeah, the Muppets. He was, he's, okay, he's great. Like, in the... He's a prawn. He's a king prawn. Except like, everybody calls him a shrimp. Like, he's that clippers. And, yeah. And he's always like, uh, hey, I got a, I got a bit of loose jello, okay? And it's just weird. He's a weird guy. Okay. He's cool. He's, he's like Cajun or something. Cajun or yeah. something. Uh, that actually makes sense. He's maybe like yep. a crawdad or something. All right. Let's go on to science. So, my degree is in biochemistry. And biochemistry is kind of the, the study of, uh, Proteins, for lack of a better uh, focus. Um, and so, Chair squeak. Kelly, right. why do you make noises? <laughs> uh, talk about two things that allow you to help science. Uh, if, if, you, if you ever plan on getting malaria, anthrax, HIV, Alzheimer's, herpes, or <clears throat> cancer, uh, you should probably listen up. You might I was be planning able... on the malaria. Yeah. The rest of that, no. Yeah, I'm trying malaria to Malaria is no fun. Yeah, but you can survive it. Sort of. Well, now you might not even have it. Um, so what I want to talk about is two programs. One is called Rosetta at Home. And one is called Fold It. Uh, Rosetta at Home is a project supervised by David Baker. He's at the Department of Biochemistry at the University of Washington. I did not have any contact with this man. Uh, but basically, it's a, it's a distributed computing program like uh, SETI or Folding at Home. Uh, the big challenge that we have right now is that the, the international database of known proteins has 7.4 million proteins in it. What's a protein, Luke? A protein is basically the end result of DNA replication. Your DNA turns into RNA, your RNA turns into protein, and your protein does everything. Proteins are like the thing that allow life to exist. All right. Good to know. Like protein channels, taste bud receptors, the ability for light to be seen. Uh, break dancing. Eye. Yes, break dancing is very important. Uh, and if we did not have proteins, you would not have it. All right. But so 7.4 million proteins that we know, and there are only three structures for 52,000 of them. And the challenge is that each one costs about $100,000 to fully map out. So $100,000 yeah, so $100, times 7.0 million, you kind of see the problem here. Um, so multiple programs have been put together to help figure out the 3D structure of these things. And Rosetta at Home is one of the most prominent. It recently won the, the Critical Assessment of Techniques for Protein Structure Prediction. It's basically a big shootout where all of the, the science teams get together and try to figure this out. But basically, it, if you're trying to think of um, proteins, they, they naturally fall to their most energetically stable configuration. So it's a big, it's actually quite amazing. If you look this up, you can probably find YouTube clips, but it's big, actually big string, quite cool. Yeah. Just big string of amino happen. acids that naturally fold on themselves. And then in the process of folding and, uh, interacting with other proteins and other molecules, they allow life to exist. They take on a, a shape that's useful. Basically they're able to break down like, uh, in the food in your body. Sure, sure. That's the easiest. The enzymes in your stomach, they break down all the food to make enzymes energy. Enzymes are proteins. Yep. That's so, all they do. 
This is just a, a computer program. You put it on your PC, you let it run in the background, it does math, it ships it off to the guys at UW, and they eventually allow it to be used for scientific research. So if you're interested in letting your energy bill solve cancer, Alzheimer's, HIV, malaria, and so on, you should do that. If you want to have a little bit more interactivity, try something called Fold It, which is the same idea, but it's like a video game, something you actually have like in your little Windows browser and uh, you are actually manipulating the protein. You are getting scored and ranked on your ability to fold protein in its most energetically favorable configuration. And so the more perfect you try to like fold this thing, the more points you get. And it's Does like that actually benefit the science though? Or yeah, is that... so, so they're, instead of doing raw mathematical calculations, they're trying to crowd, crowdsource it through humans' amazing ability to problem solve. Okay. So instead of just letting our, our computers crunch the numbers, our brains are crunching the problem. So a computer can do like a brute force, you know, just, just do all math. the math all the time. <clears throat> Whereas a human being, because they've made it a graphical interface, could actually look at the protein. Yeah. And either by trial and error, you can see really the bad, Or if you've got a really amazing, like, spatial recognition problem-solving skills, you could as a human can probably solve it faster than any computer could, simply because you can you can problem solve uh, by making only the appropriate choices yes. necessary to solve the problem rather than doing all the possible math that might need to be done ever. So okay. fold it. You can just Google that. It's also part of the, the Rosetta project. All right. There's your science. All right. I think it's time for listener questions. Oh, uh, uh, da, 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 da. hold on. Okay, while you all are connecting, Amy, pad. you didn't get to talk about any of your movies. Yeah, let's do so it. So we're actually going to go back in time a little what bit. What movies? We talked about... She, she did research. Oh, um, so, like I was saying, my, I tend to watch movies in the fall, even though that's, like, the crazy time, and there are a couple of them coming out in the fall that seem interesting. They're remaking The Three Musketeers, from what I've seen. It's supposed to be a steampunk version of it, which is industrial, pre-industrial era meets sci-fi style okay. kind of a thing. So brass and gears and crazy insanity. Mm, um, sounds kind of exciting. Um, there's one called Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy that has um, Gary Oldman, so Sirius Black, and a guy named, uh, help me with the last name again, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Who plays Sherlock in the Masterpiece Theater? Master, yes, Masterpiece Theater. Masterpiece Mystery. Masterpiece Mystery series Sherlock, um, which means that it will be all kinds of British awesome, which I'm kind of excited for. Yeah. Um, then there's uh, the Adventures of Tintin, which is written by the same guy who writes most of Doctor Who, which means it will be brilliant. And produced by. And directed by Steven Spielberg. And produced by Peter Jackson. So lots of big names. I on know. That one. Stephen Moffat, Steven Spielberg, and Peter Jackson could it's be have cool. Great dialogue. And Kelly used to read the Tintin books. I as did. A kid, I did. So. I loved them, and they, I mean, they used to freak me out a lot because it was, you know, basically a kid who was maybe a few years older than me carrying a machine gun fighting Russians. But it was, it was entertaining, and it was one of the most violent things my mother would let me read. So I was, you know, being a ten-year-old boy, that was pretty exciting. <laughs> So probably not as scary as Kelly actually so, thinks it is. Well, no. Not now, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> for my birthday, Amy, I'm thinking you're going to need to get me some like high-quality earplugs if I'm going to go to any more movies with you. 
Because um, we'll get you some all... of those bows over the ears, like these movies all sound fantastic, and I just wish I could enjoy going to the theater. <laughs> we'll find a way. Yeah, we'll do it. You got some questions for us? All right, Allison from Westwood. What is the best way to recover from tripping in public? <laughs> yeah, there really isn't one. You just kind of you just uh, gotta roll with it. Okay, actually, actually, Sometimes I know literally. this because I've done <laughs> it. And I'm, I am incredibly accident prone and. But what you want to do is when you trip, you want to learn how to fall gracefully. Like, if you've heard of parkour, which is that uh, fancy, you know, you, those guys jumping around London and, and Moscow um, over buildings and they look real graceful when they're doing it. Um, learn how to fall like they do. Because if you can, if you can, like, I tripped probably four or five times a month and it's ridiculous. And you need to take a doctor. Yeah. I'm just really clumsy, and or I don't know. I just have zero self-preservation. <laughs> anyways, I you know I learned to fall gracefully, so that when I do, I can. It kind of looks cool when you fall, instead of looking, making you look like a complete idiot. So learn to fall gracefully and just deal with it when you fall. All right. Yes. Josh Martin. I gave out his last name. Deal with it. Oh no. That's what he gets. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Blue. <laughs> is that the answer he gives in the movie? Mm, well, no. There's, I mean, there's a couple guys who, who say they don't know what the heck he's talking about, and then they get tossed into the ravine of doom. <laughs> and, but then King Arthur, not to spoil it, but everybody's seen this movie. Come on. King Arthur and the, and the cup of awesome sauce. Um, Quest for the Holy Grail? Quest for the Holy Grail. From the Monty Python fellows. Um, you know, he, he, he turns it on the on the seer who's asking the question. He says, oh, well, a, a European or an African swallow. And and the guy's like, well, I don't know that. And he gets tossed into the pit. So. That's a good yes. twist. All right. This one's from Danielle. And it's long. Why is it that even after completing a task millions of times without a hitch, when it becomes really important to do it successfully, it always fails miserably? Apparently, she's the creator of the world's lumpiest cheesecake. So... Not shocked. Why does... Whoa, harsh. <laughs> Uh, well, if she's talking cooking, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I've been that person. It's something I've made a zillion times, and then I screw it up. How, that one time that I really wanted it to be impressive or awesome, or I'm serving it for people. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's just one of those crazy things. I mean, you know, TV chefs always make it look so perfect, and I'm sure they screw it up all the time, so I... You know, lumpy cheesecake, not the end of the world. I'm so sorry it happened to you. Um, my last cheesecake <laughs> melted. I can think so. of worse things to happen to you. Though, yeah. So I, I'm not feeling too bad. For yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, if you're like not, the guy who's in charge of replacing the uranium rods at the nuclear reactor and you screwed <laughs> that one up after doing it safely a million times, that's not good. But lumpy cheesecake, I, I mean... It still tastes good. Well, that's the thing. It still tastes amazing. And sometimes it's factors completely out of your control. I watch I watch a lot of cooking shows because I like them. But one of the things I, I learned recently from an America's Test Kitchen episode is that if you're doing anything with egg whites, for example, it really matters whether you're using fresh eggs or you know eggs that are a week old. And it really matters how much humidity is in the room. Really? Uh, yes, it actually does. If you're making meringues, for example. And it's really humid out. Don't even bother. They will be a sticky, sweaty, disgusting mess. You need a completely dry day to make meringues. And I don't know if cheesecake is like that, but I know that a lot of cooking hinges on 
because it's all chemistry and stuff and so it actually hinges on external factors and we work in kitchens that are not you know hermetically sealed or yeah. anything like that we're not using distilled water and sterilized equipment and you know having an air pressure system to keep our temperatures consistent and whatnot so it's it's so hard and i'm so sorry about your cheesecake but it's probably not your fault it probably still tastes fine right lumpiness does not yes, make it bad absolutely. depends on what the lumps are if they're cream cheese lumps you're golden if they are burnt sugar lumps i don't know what you did wrong can you have, can you have air pockets in cheesecake or is that but we all love it is possible to so. have air pockets that's a, a user error you, I, I would like to point yeah. out that i'm not shocked that she has the world's lumpiest cheesecake because i did live with her for a year and know how catastrophic failures happen when cooking who, between who the two of us her, her ex-roommate danielle okay I, I don't understand air bum, bubbles in a cheesecake though. You don't cook it. The, like, are you using a when you pump? pour the batter? No, no. When you pour the batter, say into the the pan over the crust. If you don't, you know, jiggle the pan a little bit, you could get an air pocket caught underneath somewhere. Right. It's very it. rare, but it could happen. All right, all right. Uh, Scott, of any state in the United States other than your current state of residence, which would you most like to live, and which would be the least? Briefly say why on each. Wait, what? So I wasn't listening. What state would you like to live on in? What state would you most not want to live in and why? I would not want to live in Louisiana. Because, uh, okay, they get hurricanes, Dude. which is awesome, but the rest of the state kind of sucks. It's super humid, uh, super gross, tons of people, many of them fat. I could be the fool with the bayou. Well, maybe. Really? No. no. There's a lot of mosquitoes. What about most? I can't live here. Um, maybe like Maine? Is that close to here? In terms Dude, of again, weather? mosquitoes. Come on. I grew up in Minnesota. I can deal with mosquitoes. Okay. But I don't like humidity. And I know the East Coast is humid, but I think I think Oregon is an abomination of a state. And Idaho, Idaho, <laughs> Idaho is basically Shelton. So the, the, <laughs> What's wrong with Oregon? Oregon's it's cool. It's basically miniature Canada. I call the people that live there inmates. I really, really don't like Oregon. Our host now. is a racist jerk against so, Oregon. I would live in and Maine. Can I would avoid uh, Louisiana. All right. Can I go? Uh, I would definitely want to live in Hawaii because it's always about 70 to 75 degrees there all year long. And Hawaiian girls. Yep. Um, what else? Least Which favorite? one? Least. least favorite? Something horrible and landlocked, probably. Like... Ooh, Arizona. Yeah, no. Did I, have you ever seen Phoenix? What? Yeah, that makes you sad. What's that? No. No? Oh, okay, no, no, you were no. just... Okay, I, that was, it, it was a thinking I thought you had face. sad face. Okay. Sorry, thinking no. face. All right. Concentration face. Uh, maybe... I'm trying to think of a really good reason why Arizona, because Phoenix sucks. I hate that city, but... I don't know. Well, I was going to say Massachusetts for my pre preferred to live in state, but then Luke said that Oregon was basically like mini Canada, and I really like Canada, so I'm going to have to go with Oregon. Um, probably, I mean, Portland, probably, because apparently everybody who moves to Portland loves it there, because they never come back to Olympia from Portland. Nope. Um, we, it's we, a black hole. We've all lost friends bit. to Portland. Yeah, so yeah. I could just go join the commune there in Portland that they must all be living on joyfully or something <laughs> like that. Um, Lee's favorite, I kind of understand Kelly's whole, you know, landlocked Kansas sounds a little tough for me, but I'll be honest, I think Florida be rough. What? Oh, okay. For me as a least favorite, just because it's, it's totally different climate-wise, totally different 
Like, I'm not a South Beach, Miami kind of gal. I'm not a Okefenokee Swamp kind of gal. I'm not a hurricane kind of gal. I, I mean, I was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, for Pete's sake. I wear polar fleece. I, <laughs> I wouldn't do well in Florida, I think. Yeah, no, I think I think any most Washingtonians, like, they're at least true Washingtonians that have a hard time in Florida. Yeah. I have a grandma that lives there, so I go there once in a while, but it's... It's always rough. It's so humid, and there's gators snapping at your heels. And I mean, I've been to Florida, and I enjoyed my trip, but good job, Kim. I just it's Spill not my, water. Sorry, folks. The, <laughs> <laughs> the the humid beach thing is not really my scene, so I don't know. Amy, um, I would probably go with the East Coast because I've done California and for want to but live. But you gotta pick a state. To gotta pick a state. I don't know exactly where on the East Coast. Somewhere pretty. Well, is Massachusetts. It... Massachusetts, possibly. Vermont. I go with New Hampshire. It's got to have the ocean, though. Okay. Uh, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Also you nice. can join me in Maine. It's got to have access Canada, to the ocean. Um, and it has to be pretty. And that's pretty much... Connecticut is gorgeous. So New England is a good... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do not want to live in uh, Florida or Texas. Because I broke my foot in Texas and then had to deal with a broken foot in Florida. And I just don't ever want to do that again. Ah, you know, I have a weird there. story that that just reminded me of real quick. I had a friend. There's a place called Shelton near where we live. And people don't like Shelton because it's kind of hickey. And most of the people that come out of there have about a third grade education. But <clears throat> And a third of their teeth. Yes. <laughs> That's terrible. That's I know a number rough. of people that live out there. I'm sorry, Shelton. Um, anyways... I had a buddy who was on my soccer team back in middle school, and he had been to Shelton three times in his life, and I went with him on the third time. And he's like, dude, I've been to Shelton twice, and I broke a rib both times I was there. Just random accidents. And so we went for a soccer game, and we were playing the game, and he gets just reamed in the chest by this kid's uh, knee. And lo and behold, he broke another Third rib. rib. <laughs> three times in Shelton, three ribs. He will drive 100 miles so, out of his way now not to go to Shelton. <laughs> he's going yeah. to the narrow yeah. bridge. Yeah. yeah, he's horrified of Shelton. And Toby, that story is for you. All right. All right. Last episode on the podcast, we talked about the Nintendo 3DS being $250. Since then, Nintendo pulled its head out of its butt and dropped the price to $170. So $80, $80 off. Bob writes in, what are your thoughts on the 3DS price drop? The Ambassador Program, which is the makeup for the horrible travesty of early adopters, and if you think the PlayStation Vita will succeed. Let's just do the price drop. Amy, it's not... is 170 enough to get you on board? No, it's not enough. I, I don't care about the 3D. It's I, I would get a, a gen back yeah. before I'd get that, because I don't care about the 3D. 3DS? Don't care. Kelly, you own DSs. I have owned DSs. I don't currently own. Oh, really? Them. Okay. Yeah, I sold it a while. So, ago. 170? Is that more enticing, or is it still out of your? You know, the only reason I would even consider buying that is because I want to play Ocarina of Time again. <laughs> you know, but yeah. I own it on a couple systems already. I've still got my golden uh, N64. There's really no reason to buy it. Okay. Um, I'm more excited about the new PlayStation Vita. So, yeah. The tragedy for that now is that it's eighty dollars more than the Vita or the three DS now with this price drop. So they were gonna be potentially, you know, competitive on price. Now there's a big gulf. Uh, I don't think the three DS is going to survive unless they get more software out there. And they can't just continue to promise Nintendo game after Nintendo game. Like they need to get third parties on there to try to get some kind of, you know, outside of their normal comfort bubble uh, software lineup. Yep. Question for Jackie. 
What are you most looking forward to at the United States Grand Prix next year? Sights, sound, people, etc. Uh, update well, on that for people. It, it for Jackie be... or for us from Jackie? For us from Jackie. Okay. Um, I was confused. That might be updated. I don't know if I've told you that. The USGP might be in November now instead of June. Ooh. Which would be much That more could be amazing. Uh, I want to... So it's in Austin. That's where the track is. And that's also where Lightbox Interactive uh, is based. They are the guys that made Warhawk. And they will be the guys making Starhawk. So if I can stop by the studio and maybe talk to the, the, the head guy there, Dylan, or just, you know, chat with some people, see behind the scenes, I think that'd be really cool. Apart from the F1 sweet, stuff. Yeah. My favorite photographer lives in Austin, and I don't really think there's any chance I'll ever meet him, but if I stumbled into him, he'll I think probably I'd, be at the F1 race. I'd, he'd, I'd probably lose my mind, yeah, if he, <laughs> if he was actually there. Oh! He's got sweet tattoos, too, so... What about you, Melissa? Austin? I've heard Austin is just a really cool place to go, and I, I am not exceptionally cool, but, you know, eat some good food, maybe catch some music, see some sights. It's just... I'm excited to go to Austin, Texas. Cool. And Amy? I know you don't like Texas, but... A different part of Texas, so possibly we'll be fine with Texas. Um, I... I'm... I'm a little worried though because currently I work retail and I'm not trying to get the time off now because if it's in November, depending on when it is. Oh yeah, they're saying like maybe the 18th. So uh, right again, before. I don't know if I can get the time off. You can quit. <laughs> and then how do I pay for my student loans? You, you get you ask for your job, job back the week after. No, you come back and you get a better job because screw that. Where? Place. No, you say hey, Christmas rush. You need someone, right? That's right. That's right, and I already know the I already know the business. Yeah, or you, you well, me, I, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, so I think we'll wrap it up. It's like an hour and fifteen minutes, so we've failed yet again. We're getting closer though. Yeah, I know. We're wait, close. wait, how much? Wait, how much time has it passed? One fifteen. Okay, that's minutes. better. Yeah, plus twenty seven minutes of your. Yeah, vacation. so with the if I mean, you want to listen, if you want to listen, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so before we sign off, we're going to give you an update for the next podcast. <laughs> they just going flying all over this room here. This uh, is great. So the next podcast will likely be two weeks from now. Uh, hopefully on August 23rd. Will we'll that be, to... be the PAX episode? Or... It'll be right before. Week okay. before PAX. Week before PAX. Um, I'm pretty excited. So hopefully PAX. we can we can have an episode there. We're going to talk about the PC games from before the year 2000 that we would want to have remade and what would need to be done to make them interesting to people nowadays. Uh, we're going to compare some of the streaming music services out there for everybody that likes music, which I believe is most of the world. Uh, and then the crazy kinds of bacteria and things that live on the human body um, should be an interesting conversation. We can talk about the spiders in my room. We can talk about that too. So, yeah. Um, so the, how they've left quarter-sized giant lumps all over my body. Thank you, spiders. So feel free to, to, to shoot us an email again. TNS podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash TNS podcast. Uh, if you catch us on iTunes, give us a good rating and give us some feedback. Uh, the survey is still out there for people uh, that are looking for ways to give us feedback. And again, you can follow Kelly and I on Twitter. I'm at Luke Stock and Kelly is at Kalis. How do you spell that? K A E L E S T E S uh, Twitter. Yeah. So, yes, you can keep up with us on all of those different social media outlets. Uh, and until then, we'll see you later in August.
So what what are you most looking forward to at Silverwood? Is there Roller coasters. A, is there a coaster? Is there one in particular that you are looking forward to riding again? I don't remember their names. I really like wooden roller coasters. They tend to be a little bit more low tech than some of the really fancy coasters. They don't go upside down typically. They don't have cutesy, you know, critters or you know, decorations on them yeah, or anything wooden like roller coasters that. are meant to be terrifying. They I think are, that's the point. But They're, they don't go upside down or anything crazy like that. They, they just don't go need to. really fast. If, if there was an upside down wooden roller coaster, no one would get no on it. No one ever <laughs> go on it. But I mean, they, they make a ton of noise. They go super fast. Lots of, because they're not going upside down, they don't have that gimmick to do a corkscrew or something that people would really, that would line up for. So they have to have really intricate and fun coasters, you know, going around corners, down steep hills, you know, there are sections on some of these coasters that are steep enough that I literally come out of my seat because the lap bar won't come down far enough on me. Um, Ask Courtney, she and I went on them a couple years ago and it was fantastic. She screamed the entire time, it was great. Courtney's a screamer? Uh, Courtney doesn't like roller coasters as much as I do. Wait, she went to Silverwood and she doesn't like coasters? She likes them okay, just not as much as I do. Okay. And so she was much more terrified on the rides than I was, but she was a really good sport. I was willing to go on anything I, I wanted to just to hang out with me because she's amazing and, you know, BFF and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she, she screamed on most of the roller coasters. Speaking of Courtney, yes. what did they end up doing for their little camping trip? You know? I don't know. Okay. I didn't talk to her. They might have gone because the weather ended up decent. They yeah, that's, that's kind of the tragedy for us too because Friday and Saturday last week actually didn't make nice. Yeah, Thursday was still kind of crummy. That's true. But that's okay. I think we made a good choice for this trip. I'm looking forward to breakfast either tomorrow or Saturday. My plan is to go to the old European in North Spokane. I've never actually been to the one in Spokane, but I've been to the one in Pullman, and it is amazing. They'll bring you so much food for breakfast that you physically cannot eat it all, and I can eat a lot of food. So I'm looking forward to gorging myself and being a true American and eating apple skeevers because they are tasty. Are those American? No, they are as Dutch as Nick Van Schoonhoven. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you're going to be a true American and eat Dutch food? Yes, but they're not mutually exclusive. So no, I don't think so. Don't As Nick Van Schoonhoven would attest. True. It is so hot! Ah, I'm wearing shorts and I'm still hot. Are you hot? It's very warm. Why is it so warm? I, because we don't have the air conditioning on. I want good gas mileage. Is this, is this a bad trade-off? I don't know. Should, should I pay money to be more comfortable? choices. Those are my choices. I don't know why I'm choosing the money over the comfort. It's not like we are hurting for money. And I'm a big baby when it comes to heat. I mean, it's going to be hotter than this in Texas. Possibly, and yes. As far as I know, the FIA does not air condition the outdoors at venues. I don't believe so, no. So. I don't even think the, the drivers in the cars get air conditioning. They get like 200 mile an hour air conditioning. The best kind. They're also working super hard. I'm, I'm pretty sure oh, yeah. some of those fellas sweat right through those jumpsuits. It's pretty awful, yeah. In fact, the, the air inside the cockpit is totally stagnant. Like, it, it barely even blows around. You could have, like, a grocery seat floating around inside, right above your lap, the whole race. It'd never Gross. blow out. Okay, so we just turned on the air conditioning, and I feel like a moron for not doing this an hour ago. It is so much better in this car. Instantly, the temperature is, like, 10 degrees lower. 
amazing. I think the strategy is to leave it on for a while to cool it and then turn it back off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Don't let me forget because otherwise I'll just leave it on the whole time. All right. So when your when your knees start feeling like they have iced over, I'll you know, let you know. You'll let me know. Yeah. So we are in George Washington, which bothers me. I, that the name is clever, but it's too clever. I think it's just trying too hard. I do not like it. So how do you feel about state names? Oh wait, some kind of vehicle with flashing red and blue lights behind me. What is it? What is it? It is a sheriff. Grant County Sheriff Marine Patrol. I know. I'm just glad that I'm not being pulled over. Yeah. Yeah. But he looks like he is off to go save the world. Yeah. Okay, seriously, this this crazy furry dog creature is literally walking towards Luke a little bit at a, at a time as he takes the big... Oh my gosh. So I'm not actually afraid, except that I have no idea what it thinks it's going to do. I mean, Luke clearly is in no position to feed it. He doesn't smell like food. Plus, this thing seems to be eating grass, so don't know what it thinks Luke has to offer, but it just keeps moving toward him. It's like a, a celebrity wannabe, I think. All right, Luke, your experience as a nature photographer, go. Um, I still don't know what it is. It, it looks like a large gopher. I mean, it looks very much like the gophers we had back in Minnesota, and with Spokane being kind of Minnesota-ish, I could see them being, you know, distant cousins. Uh, he seemed very friendly. I, I was, what, maybe five feet from him at one point? Yeah. So he, uh, he didn't seem to freak out. I'm, I'm sure being a park gopher, he's used to people. And uh, he just seems to be eating the grass, which I find to be kind of strange. I, I would assume he'd be digging around for people's leftover, you know, French fries or, you know, begging somewhere in a popular area for, you know, nuts or something. But no, he's just munching grass. So I'm assuming that he has the pick of the litter because I don't see him with any other gophers. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's like the only one out here. I don't know why that is. Usually you would see these guys in groups. So uh, I got photographs. Some of them are good, most of them are probably average. Does it seem weird to you that you've now taken more pictures of a rodent tonight than you have of your wife? No, because oddly enough, the rodent is easier to pose. Oh! <laughs> Alright, hopefully you guys can hear the amazing Indian pop in the background. It is from what, the Bennett Like Beckham soundtrack? Yes! Alright, so it is now Friday. We've just crossed into Idaho. Well, that's not actually why I want to make this recording. I'm more curious to hear from Melissa. Uh, I would like her to explain the horrible atrocity that she committed at breakfast this morning. You know, it sounds bad on paper, but it was really quite delicious. I, I had a Dutch baby. Okay, and was it crunchy? No, it was soft and fluffy and delicious. So it was a fat Dutch baby? Uh, well, a little deflated in the middle. <laughs> Am I playing into this as well as you wanted? You're doing a good job, Thanks, yeah. thanks. <laughs> I had a ham and cheese omelet because I am boring and lame. I had all sorts of awesome things I could have tried, but I did neither of them. So. Should I be paying attention? Do we know where exit or Highway 95 is? Uh, I haven't seen any signs for a junction, so I'll keep my eyes open. It's good that you're paying attention because I'm clearly not. I'm playing around with technology. Yeah. In a moving car. So, you know. But, uh... It's, it's a hot day. It's like 79 degrees and it's only 11 o'clock in the morning. I, I'm wilting. I, I, I really don't like direct sunlight. I think that's the, the takeaway lesson from this experience. So sunscreen developers out there, if you could develop a product that 
eliminates even the feeling of sun on your skin, my husband would pay big money for that. I would. I would. I would probably start wearing sunscreen. I just kind of wish your car had tinted windows, but but like even the windshield, which is illegal. So I just don't like it. It's on my legs and my arms. It's driving me crazy. I I don't know what to tell you. We, we should we should have come to Silverwood in like January. Are they open in the winter? Uh, the water park is not. I do believe the roller coasters are open. Limited hours. As long as there's no snow. Right. Probably. Yeah. Well, next time, we should think this through better. July, Idaho, not a good combination. <sighs> so, we are now at Silverwood at a restaurant. And we have been on exactly two rides, both of them coasters. Both of them intense. Yeah. They, they weren't lying when they said it was a high-intensity ride. The the Timber Terror, right? Yes. Wooden roller coaster. Yes. Only wooden roller coaster I've ever been on where you seemingly get air, like over I those humps. I always get air No, not those. But not us, the carts. The oh. carts felt like they were actually getting air. Yeah. But they're like anchored down so yeah. they can't come off. But like, you, you would be just ramping over this jump and essentially like weightlessness for a moment and then just slamming down into yeah. the bottom, like, and it's steel wheel on steel track, so there's no suspension, no give, and the rattling vibration, like, my, I could, it's the closest I've ever felt to a headache in my life. Like, I could feel, like, my brain or something bouncing inside of my skull. It was... Me and the little girls cried. I mean, I was not crying from terror. Yeah, the two... I was crying from, like, the, the G-forces pulling tears out of my the, the two The two ride, or you know, the two carts, I guess, the two loads of people before us, both had crying girls get out in front of us. Uh, it was... Terrified children. It, it was a good way to start. I mean, you know, like deep into the pool, you better figure this out. Yeah. Roller coaster number two, the, the aftershock. The aftershock actually made me feel like I was about to black out a couple times. Oh. And I don't know if that's because I haven't eaten enough today. Probably. On some of those like really high G turns, because it's a dangling feet ride, right? So it's you know pulling all the blood away from you as you spin, and it I, I could feel like just that kind of like it goes a little dark, a little bit sparkly, a little you know like if I stand up too quick. I did not have that experience. So maybe I'm just weak, but it, it's 65 mile an hour coaster, metal. Obviously, I, I did have the moment of panic at the the top of each coaster. Thank you. This is good looking bread. Um, At the top of each coaster, because it goes almost vertical. I'd say those are vertical. Okay, those two so verticals. Vertical at, so at the beginning point, the midpoint, because the ride reverses itself. Yeah, you ride the ride backwards for half of it. And then at the end of the ride, you do that just before you come into the, the finish line. And every time we hit the high point, I was like, oh, what if my harness breaks? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'll be honest, that one was scarier for me, and I think, I think it's because we chose the outside Instead seats. of the inner, yeah. Instead, well, some of it being on the outside, and some of it, just the fact that, like, no one was sitting next to me. Okay, yeah, like you're by yourself. I'm like, if something bad myself, happens. If something crazy happens, like, it's all on me. Yep. Yeah. Do you think it was scarier going forwards or backwards? Forwards because we did it first. Like, backwards, I knew it was coming, so it wasn't as scary. Sure, Which sure. is probably why they organized the ride that way, because I don't think people would do it. 65 miles an hour backwards? The first, I mean, you've never been over any of this yeah, track uh, that would before. be very, very scary. Yeah. Nobody would like that. But it was it was good. It, like, we both got off, and we were like, you know, we're, we're two rides in, we're both like, okay, 
moratorium on roller coasters. Yeah. <laughs> like, take a little break. Go take do something else for Take a, a little break. Get, have a walk. Get some food. Yeah. Come back to this when we're feeling a little... Like, my knees were a little bit shaky, and, like, I felt like part of my life force had been sucked out by the coaster, and I needed to rest and recover. I think you'll like the next wooden roller coaster, the, the Tremors. The Tremors? Yeah. that's the, It's got a lot of banked curves and a couple of tunnels. I like tunnels. Which is pretty cool. I also like curves, so this could be good for me. Yeah. I also like wooden roller coasters, so... Yeah. I have high hopes. Is that, is that kind of it other than that in the corkscrew? Is it just made four big ones? Four main rides? I think so. I mean, there's the big... Uh, the droppy column. Droppy column ride. I don't remember what it's called. And there's a few other smaller rides. But I think this isn't a huge park. No, no. And the water park, if you're into that kind of thing, is... You know, Doubles your fun. Yeah. Yes. Um, are there any kind of like big slides over there? I haven't really looked at the water park. Oh yeah, and there's huge slides at the okay, water park. Okay, like, like yeah. at least four. Okay, good, good, good. Any kind of and then of a pools? rafting one. Just rafting. I believe there's a wave pool of some kind. Okay, so it's like a real park. Yeah. So, all right, we will check back in with you after we have eaten our food and probably ridden more roller coasters. Okay, so Melissa and I are about to conduct a little experiment, even though she doesn't realize it. The experiment is going to be, how much food can you eat without throwing up on a roller coaster? Because Melissa was sensible and ate roughly half of her meal, whereas Luke was a moron and ate all of it. So, <laughs> this might be a bad idea. I had a massive pulled pork sandwich and a bunch of fries and a bread roll thing, and Melissa ate some vegetables and some pasta. So, what do you think? Who's going to win? Me. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm really hoping neither of us throw up, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, so we are now leaving Silverwood. It's 7 o'clock. I am exhausted. The sunlight has yet again stolen my soul. <laughs> I am going to sleep, possibly while driving on the way back. No! Why not? Because you're driving. That's a good point. What do you think of Silverwood, having been here twice now? I enjoy it. I like the big roller coasters. They're pretty intense. Um, but I enjoy it. And the, the water park is a lot of fun. And... You know, it's not very expensive. It's not. It's in Idaho. It's in Idaho. Sucks. Well, yeah. I mean, for it's... for those of you who have never really been to Idaho, it's a little bit like Shelton in terms of the people. Um, that that's that's kind of the best I could think of when I was you know. It's a little like Shelton in terms of the towns we drove through too. Just in terms of the businesses that's that we true. saw and the the kind of overall ambiance. And this side of England, probably the worst teeth for a population. We have seen some crazy people with teeth today. We have seen some bad teeth today. I don't, I don't know what's the deal with that. If they just, like you said, have bad water or... Or, I mean, other environmental factors that lead to bad teeth. Perhaps there's not a high priority on dental hygiene in the communities that these people come from, whether they're local or otherwise. Um, perhaps it's meth. I doubt it. They didn't seem like methods. They didn't seem like methods, no. So we went on a couple of water rides today, and they are quite extreme here. We, we, we flipped over <laughs> in one of them, in one of the double-tubed, you know, yeah. things. That and was I, a little I, dangerous. I need Melissa in the head uh, yeah. on the way down, so, you know, she could have drowned. Uh, is there a center lane? Um, okay. Not really. Right. Not a two-directional center lane. Good so. point. So we might die in the middle of this recording, which would be kind of crazy. It'd be like the last, the last record of Luke and Melissa Longnecker. Well, faster horse trailer.
tally ho. Oh my gosh. Stay over there, truck. Everybody, out of my way. Um, also, my favorite part of the entire trip was Melissa in this big, like, eight-person raft, looking like she was freaked out. Uh, so, there were four of us in a six-person raft. It's six to eight, right? It's four to six. Four to six, okay. Sorry. Had to be technical there. Anyway, four of us, Luke and me, and two nice women that we didn't know, uh, who also did not have a, a large family to ride with. Um, and as it so happened, the way we got in the, uh, inner tube raft thing, uh, the larger of the two women and Luke sat on the same side of the raft and the smaller of the two women and I sat on the same side of the raft, which meant that depending on which way the corner turned and which way it was banked, we either didn't go very high at all when Luke was at the, the top of the apex or we basically flipped over the edge. Yeah, when I, was I, at the top I of the think no, I'm not exaggerating. I think our thing was at 90 degree vertical a couple of times. It was a little scary. Um, yeah, I was pretty sure the thing was going to flip over. I was going to land smack in the slide. Which, come to think of it now, at that you know rate we were going, probably would have like cracked under my vast falling weight, <laughs> <laughs> and there would have been a giant hole, and I'd have fallen to my death. That would have been very sad. That would not have been a very good one-year anniversary. So, uh, yes, and I don't actually think it would have happened, but the, those moments of kind of irrational terror were a little bit a part of our day today. I find myself often when I'm on one of these rides thinking about just the logic of it, because you are a little freaked out sometimes on those. So the, the wooden roller coasters here, I guess, are called air coasters. From, this is what I've heard. And the whole point is to feel weightless. I mean, you come over these humps, and you're, you're in free-fall state for... 30, 40 feet. Yeah. And then you just slam back into the ground with, like I said before, you know, no padding at all. Uh, and, and you're just thinking the whole time that this has been designed and tested and it's used, you know, a thousand times a day. It's been going for years. Like, there's no reason to feel freaked out. And as, yet. As a way, yeah, but you still do. I mean, it, you, you, you work at just trying to, like, not freak out. Uh, and I don't freak out easily. 65. Let's feel like 65 here. I'm going 64. Oh, okay. From here, it looked like you're only going about 60. So, okay. I wanted to give you the opportunity. Yeah, you don't usually get that opportunity. You usually, slow down! You're going too fast! Okay, you've never said that. <laughs> I'm just joking. But yeah, so everyone's good. I had the most amazing lunch. Holy smokes. Pulled pork sandwich. The best pulled pork I've ever had. I even wrote that on the receipt and tipped like a million dollars. That's not true. But it was really good. It was really good. And you had some kind of pasta. A pasta. Which was decent. decent. Um, I heard we're going to a nice restaurant tonight. Uh, yes, provided I can find it on the map. Alright. Yeah, should be pretty good. Also, we might buy some onions. It's entirely possible. I mean, we're in eastern Washington. They have really good onions here. They're not all that expensive. And it's, you know, not the worst souvenir we can come home I with. I think that's actually a good souvenir. A lot of people buy terrible, kitschy, you know, gaudy necklaces and other Stuff crap. they never end up using yeah. for the rest of their lives. You know, we will we will have a lot of onions, so we'll have to invite people over and make some like onion rings or something. Can we make onion rings? Can you fry those in a pan? Um, onion rings really need to be deep fried, but we could do S other. Steal your mom's Dutch oven. Wait, we have a Dutch oven now, don't we? We do. We just need to buy a bunch of oil and a thermometer. Okay, we should do that. Yeah, or you know, we could make that like onion flour recipe we saw. That's true. I think we should just have a bunch of onion rings. I think. We'll see what we can do. All right, we'll All invite right. anybody that is in town over for fresh onion rings. Or we'll just feed you onions, uncooked. <laughs> that might happen too. 
depends on how good the first batch turns out. But yeah, so our, our trip is, you know, winding down. We've got tomorrow. I have no idea what we're doing. Me either. Should, should be good. But yeah, we'll, we'll touch back in with you guys later. All right. Bye. So something occurred to me when we were at dessert tonight. What's that? That I probably ate 3,500 calories today, potentially. It is possible. I, I think between breakfast and lunch, that was probably 2,000. And then I had that massive bowl of ice cream in the waffle cup and then those two tacos with you and then the world's biggest bowl of apple crisp with two scoops of ice cream and caramel all over the top i think this and and then you know other things i had like juice and and whatnot so uh, i think this could be a 3500 calorie day but i don't feel bad because i probably burned like a thousand calories in that wave pool because i'm the worst swimmer in the world so I decided to try to like practice my swimming ability and see what I could pull off. I think if I really had to, I could possibly swim like 50 or 60 feet and probably tread water for two minutes. We need to get you some into swimming lessons. I can't float. It's so hard. Like I burn so much. It's not. I can't float either, but I can swim. It's not that I can't swim. swim. It's that physically I can't keep up. Like I, I can't physically endure the challenge of swimming for long enough. I can, and I can't float either. So we need to get you some swimming lessons. Do you think it's just technique that's draining me too? Yeah. Because, yeah, I'll go, like, 30 feet and just be like, <laughs> I can top this out for a little bit longer. And then Yeah, you should totally be able to swim. So much of my energy is just vertical thrust. That's my challenge. Which means you're not doing it right. Well, how else do you maintain buoyancy or vertical thrust? Well, if you're swimming well, the stroke itself should propel you in such a way as to allow you to get air when you need it. For example, so you're not actually, I mean, I get it that someone like Amy, who's a professional swimmer, has their head in or under the water for most of the stroke. Like, uh-huh. But that's not what I want to do. I don't okay. want to be someone who's just like gasping for air on, you know, every other right stroke But you or aren't gasping. It's not a gasp. It it's like a breath. It looks like that on the Olympics. It yeah, looks like but, it, but, but yeah, it's not. It's, well, and I don't do... Can, can normal people swim with their head above the water the whole time? What do you mean by swim? Do you like, mean like overhand crawl stroke? Any kind of stroke. Sure. For long it's periods. It's terribly un- inefficient, though. It's not worth it. So is that my problem that I'm trying to keep my head above water all yes. the time? Oh. That would explain why I'm a bad swimmer. That's fun- and that sounds like that is your fundamental problem, is that you're trying to keep your head above the so water So when you're swimming, swimming, you'll totally, like, dunk your head and just breathe on off strokes or something? Or? Well, I hardly ever swim crawl stroke because I find it um, tiring and uncomfortable because so much of it relies on my arms, and I, the bulk of my strength is in my legs, so I would rather do a stroke that allows me to use my legs better. So I actually do breaststroke most of the time when I swim. I, I find it a more comfortable stroke because I can get most of my propulsion with my legs and essentially steer with my arms. I mean, they, they propel me as well. But in that one, half the stroke, you are just kind of underwater gliding, and then you pop up again as you're pulling through and your head just pops up. You get a little bit of air. And so you're just, you go you're under just breathing out when you're underwater to keep yeah. water from getting in your nose? Yeah. All right. That's how it works. I don't find that I get very much propulsion for my legs, so that could be another area to work on. Definitely. I mean, most swimmers try to do too much of it with their arms and not enough of it with their legs. I'm just not coordinated enough in the water to do 
the, the traditional crawl stroke and feel productive at it because I can't get my, I, I should be able to get 50% of my power from my legs. A, a really good swimmer is getting fairly even power from his arms and his legs. Michael Phelps, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm just not that good. So I do a stroke that's more comfortable to me. Okay. Yeah. Also, I think we should start a local Olympia franchise of the onion. How do you feel about taking it alone? <laughs> I think part of the beauty of the onion though is that it is a local a local chain and that I mean we're in onion country and so you know they have amazing onion rings and all their you know sort of onion I've never had apple crisp this good in my life okay so get the recipe for apple crisp and find somebody else who will make it I mean but I want to share all of their good food with the world. I mean, that well, the burger I had last night was amazing. More people need to travel to Spokane. Spokane is terrible. Nobody should travel here. Well, that's not true. We've had a lot of fun. It was like 87 degrees today and awful. For many people, that would be great. Also, I have a theory about Spokane for everybody that's listening right now. What? I think that Spokane used to have twice the population that it currently does, and it was built around that population, and then they, you know, half of them left. I don't think that's true. It is the most empty city Large city I think I've ever been to. I, I think my idea about the fact that people moved to the suburbs, they didn't leave leave. They just don't live in downtown. But even the roads are fairly empty. Like, even when we were out in North Spokane and the suburbs, mm -hmm. like, it's weird. There was very little traffic, almost nobody on the streets. I mean, we were out at, like, 9 o'clock on a Friday night in downtown where there's all these great clubs and restaurants and stuff. We barely packed, walked past anybody. In Seattle, it would be... A million times more people. Well, yes, Seattle is much, much larger. It is bigger, but it just... Seattle, Spokane feels like a ghost town to me, and I don't know why. I don't either. You don't feel like that? Well, I mean, it feels more empty than I would expect for a city this size, but I don't obsess over it like you do. I obsess over many things. Yes, you do. So, final thoughts from our trip? It was fun! It was so hot! Yeah, but I had fun. I had fun too, actually. What was your highlight? Was it just Silverwood or? Um, I think we planned just enough that there were lots of fun things that I knew were coming and we did enough things kind of on a whim that, you know, we bought a 10 pound box of onions <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, went for a walk and stopped and got some fruit and I don't know. It was, it was a well-balanced vacation for me, which sounds like a totally dorky thing to say, but it was probably the most enjoyable thing about it for me. My favorite part was the food. Uh, I loved the pulled pork sandwich. I loved the apple crisp. I loved the breakfasts at the old European. This was a, a remarkable food vacation for me. Every meal we got everywhere we went was really top-notch. And we, we didn't have to pay an arm and a leg for it. That's true. Like it was, I mean, you know, total bill is probably going to be over $100 worth of food, but three days, two people eating out every time. But the food was so good. I want to go back to Eastern Washington just for their food. All right. Maybe in a more climactically appropriate season for you. Which would be when? Eastern Washington only has two seasons. Oh, they don't have springtime or no, anything. No, as far as I know. All right. Well, in that case, um, we will get you a heat shield for next time. That would be amazing. Give me some silver clothes. Yes. It would be reflective. Called yes. Mirror Man. Yes. All right. We'll do that. All right. All right. Signing off for the last time. Luke and Melissa.